four of a series that we've called The God Who Provides. How many of you could say that the Lord has truly been faithful in providing for your life? Isn't that great? And so he provides through us, uh, for us through various ways and different points of provision. But I want to talk about um, God's provision through the church today. I want to talk to you about the church and what it brings to our life. Um, God actually left the church as a gift and as his hands and feet here on, on this earth. When Jesus breathed his last on the cross, he said, it is finished. And we know that his redemptive work, the redemptive work that, that Christ set out to accomplish, it was completely finished, done, over with, finished. But the kingdom agenda, God's kingdom agenda on this earth has not finished. God's still doing things on this planet. But when Jesus left, what he did was he said, okay, now the kingdom agenda, the, the movement of the kingdom of God, I'm going to leave in the hands of my people. People who have been redeemed. And what he did was he came down and, 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 and redeemed us completely, totally. We stand completely righteous before God through him. We, we stand in right standing with God. Here we are, born again spirit, the new man born again, indwelt with the Holy Spirit of God, empowered, cleaned, equipped, revved up body of Christ. That's who you are. You may not look like it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I have to believe that by faith, but, but that's who you are. All right. But so he, he sets us up and he set, leaves his church here to accomplish his kingdom agenda on this planet. So church was God's plan. And, and, and he accomplishes, he provides several things to us through his church. He really, they kind of fall in one of two categories. First category of is that he makes provision for us personally as individuals through, through his church. And I wanna show you some of those things that he provides for us personally. But second, his agenda on this planet happens through his church. So I want to show you quickly seven provisions that God makes to us through his church. And then we're going to end, we're going to end with an activity that I'll walk you through here at the end. So look with me first at Ephesians chapter two, verse 19. I want to draw your attention to Paul's writing. He says, so now you Gentiles, that's us. So if you're not Jewish, then you are a Gentile. You are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. The first provision God makes to us through his church is a place to belong. When we become born again, the word tells us that the spirit actually baptizes us into the church. If you notice that when I give an altar call for, for people to become born again here at Victory, after we help people get born again, I always say to them, welcome to the family of God. Why? Because whether you wanted to or not, we're now your family. Crazy uncles and all, right? This is a, there's a place to belong. And I want to say to you, church, please listen to me because I believe the Lord's going to reach some people today because I don't care what your story is, you belong here. 
I don't care what your history is, you belong. I don't care what your challenges is, what your, what your struggles are, you belong. You are welcome here. Church, can we let every person in this room know that we are their family and we, and we say they belong here. They have a place to belong. You may have had places to belong before you came to Christ. Those may not have been healthy places to belong. Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Remember that? I can't remember the rest of it, but something like that. That was a place to belong, right? That was a little bar in Boston called Cheers. And they marketed themselves as a place to belong. Well, many of us had a place of belonging in places just like that. It may have been called cowboys. <laughs> now see, those, those of you who are laughing, you've been there. You know, right? And so we've, we've had places to belong, but how many of you were in some places where you belong, but they weren't healthy places, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I want you to know this is a healthy place to belong. And you belong here, right? And you know, often people, when, when people join churches, though, I talk to people all the time who come meet us and they're new to the church. And, and often a question they ask is like, okay, how do I get connected? And what they're looking for usually is a program, okay? Like, what's your program to help me get connected? Well, we as a church, uh, Victory began in 1984. And uh, so throughout those 30 odd years, we have tried every program that's possible to try in a church. We've had men's ministries and women's ministries and small groups and medium-sized groups. And we've done it all. We've tried every program. Some of them worked, some of them didn't, to be honest. But can I tell you, there's no, there's no program that'll be as effective for helping you get connected in the body of Christ. There's no program better than you just, Bible says, if you want to be, a, if you want to have friends, be friendly. And so we want, we say that there's a place to, for, for you to belong here at this church. Don't look for a program though. Go out of your way. Begin to begin to make connections. I tell people one of the greatest values of a church is, is that you, if you do it right, you get a tribe out of it. I'm like, these are my people. But you got to put forth some effort if you want to get in the tribe. If you want friends, you got to show yourself friendly. Can I just tell you, if, if, I'm not being ugly right now. I'm saying if you, if you were looking for a place of connection, show up early to church. There's coffee flowing like you wouldn't believe. I looked at what the other day, what we spent on coffee. You wouldn't believe the amount of coffee that comes in and out of this place. Show up early. Guess what? Drink some coffee. You know what will happen? Somebody else will be drinking coffee too. And you get to meet them. Here's something. Stay late. Stay after service. Move around. Shake some hands. Get to know somebody. How many of you got connected to the church through doing that? That was just your story. Like I, I just had to be here and, and I began to engage and, and uh, you can serve on a team. If you, if you join one of, our, one of our service teams, you'll find you, you'll have to make connection there because you're gonna be working with other people. You can sign up for one of our equip classes. These are all ways for you to get connected. But I, my, my message to you is you belong. 
God provides a place of belonging through his church. I encourage you to engage in that provision because I believe, I believe it'll better your life. I don't know, the, the people I love, they're in this church. The people that I reach for when I'm having hard times, they're in this church. The people I go hunting with, they're in this church. And just because you join the church doesn't mean I'm going to take you hunting. But you are welcome to take me hunting if you've got a really good spot. You see what I'm saying? This is my life. I mean, these are my people. You're my tribe. And the church offers that, and it's so beautiful when we really engage in it. So the church provides a place of belonging. In the book of Ephesians, also in the fourth chapter, the 11th verse, says, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. God has made provision through the church for equipping the saints. If you're a saint then the church is what helps you get equipped. When you become born into the, uh, into the kingdom of God, you receive immediately a kingdom purpose. Each one of us, if you are a follower of Jesus, then you have a kingdom purpose. You have been called to engage in his kingdom agenda. Every one of us. Some of us understand, well, that's you, Jody, or that's such and such. No, no, no. If you are a follower of Jesus and you are breathing, then you have a purpose in the kingdom of God. There's something you are to contribute. Part of what the church does is it equips you. It says that the job, my job as a pastor, my job is not just to do ministry. It's to equip you to do ministry. Ministry ought to be happening in our lives and in our living room and in our church when we come together. You see that? So God has provided equipping through his church. Book of Colossians, the third chapter in the 16th verse. I love this passage. It says, let the message about Christ in all its richness fill your lives Teach and counsel each other. I would underline that if I were you. With all the wisdom he gives, sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. The Lord has provided through his church a way of discipleship. We are discipled through the church. It's, it's part of what God built into the DNA of the church is that we would be disciplers. But again, if you'll notice, it doesn't just say that the pastors or the staff members or the, quote, professionals do the discipling. No, the command is that we will disciple each other. As a church, at Victory, we, our, our job is discipleship. We are a discipleship church. And I was talking to one of our team members the other day. And, uh, and we were talking about, like, how well are we doing? Are we actually accomplishing our, our assignment of making disciples, and, and I, was, I was kind of being the glass half, half full guy at the moment, which I'm not always, right, Lori? I was like, no, I think, I think we're making progress. You know, I think we're making some disciples, and, and this team leader said to me, you know, 
said, a disciple is not someone who just grows. A disciple is someone who helps someone else grow. And based on that definition, maybe we aren't doing as good as we thought we were. Well, that ruined my Monday. But you see, the idea is that, that it isn't, again, it isn't just my job to disciple people. It's your job to disciple people. Who, is, who are you pouring into? Who are, who are you helping? I just got word yesterday that Chad and Lauren just got their 501c3 for their ministry going, and they're going to be discipling veterans and helping veterans. Congratulations, guys. And he's doing it the same way Jesus did it, through fishing. Some of Jesus' first disciples happened, happened with a fishing boat, right? And so, so the, the God has provided a way of discipleship through his church. But again, don't just relegate it to those of us who do this professionally. It's all of our jobs. Book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 11, says this. I love this verse. You're, you're going to get excited about this one. Ready? No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there'll be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. You're gonna be, re- you're gonna be really fired up about this one, ready? God has provided through his church a place and a way of accountability and discipline in your life. Aren't you excited about that? Can't you just wait to get dis- disciplined? How many of you, when you were young, oh, just, mom, please, I need it. I just feel like I've been unruly. I need, I need a little discipline, right? No, 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 that never happens in the middle of it. But how many of you know accountability and discipline is good in our lives? The Bible says of a parent that if we love our children, we'll discipline them. And God loves us, and so he disciplines us. Aren't you glad God has reined you in at some point, or you would have self-destructed Anybody been there? God provides through his church accountability and even discipline. I was talking to somebody the other day. There was a brother who's, he's kind of out there and he's struggling with some things. And the, and the first thing he did was he pulled away from the church. Isn't that interesting? We start struggling with stuff. What do we do? We get out, get out of the church. And that's such a trap of the enemy. You know that, that lion looking at that herd of gazelles? What's he looking for? He's looking for the one out there by itself. And this brother had kind of pulled away from the body and, and one of our brothers was going after him. And I was talking with that brother and he turned to me and he said, Jody, I hope the men in this church love me enough that if I'm out there doing stupid things, they're gonna come grab me by the collar and say, get your stuff together. This was somebody saying, I hope, I hope we have a church that loves us well enough to grab hold of us when we see each other going down the wrong path. Listen, that's not fun, but how many of you know it's healthy? We need the accountability of the body. But if you're not connected, come on, if, you're, if you just hang around the edges, you don't get that. But God has provided that through his church. It's a place of discipline. It's a place of accountability. Laurie and I, in our years of ministry, we've dealt with people who, you know, something's going wrong in their life, some kind of, something's, something's derailing or they're in a crisis and they seek counsel. And when we go to them, you know, often we look like, hey, some of this is self-inflicted. 
Some of this is your behavior and or, or they, they engage for a minute and then somewhere along the line, it's like, no, 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 that's, that's too much. I don't, I don't want you that involved. Now, you're, now you're, you're getting in my yard and you're telling me what to do. And they start pulling away and they start um, disregarding godly counsel. We've, we've had people move into, into complete sin. And these are people that we love and we go to them and say, you can't do this. You can't do this. And, and we've had them say, well, you're just judging me. Or, or you know, you, 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 I don't feel peace about this. Listen, peace is out the window at this moment. You're in blatant sin. Thank God that you have leaders loving who love you enough to go grab you and say, this is not okay. The body provides, I got really excited about that one. I'm not sure, sure why. The body provides a place of accountability and even discipline in our lives. And I am, I'm alive today, no kidding, living and breathing on this planet today because I had parents who loved me enough to discipline me. Not only does that happen physically, it happens spiritually with us as a church. So let's be accountable to one another. Book of Ephesians, second chapter, 20th verse, says together... We are his house, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ Jesus himself. God, through the church, has made provision for us, has made a place of, for us a place of stability. There's stability in the church. Paul writes here that together, as we're linked together, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, the chief cornerstone being Jesus, it brings stability to our life. And listen, when the world starts shaking, and I don't have to be a prophet to tell you that it's going to be shaking more and more and more, when the world starts shaking, we're going to need some solid ground. And God has made provision for stability in our life, and it's through his church. Not exclusively, but it's through his church. I mean, he, he's our rock ultimately. But then through his church, a place of stability. Can I tell you, I think the church specifically, and let, let me go here if you'll, if you'll let me for just a minute. The attending of church, like showing up here and, and you did it today. Congrats. Just pat yourself on the back. You made it. You're here. You're those. We'll talk about those who aren't here, right? Let's know. Church attendance is a great source of stability, not only to you, but to your family. And I tell you, if you are raising children, then raising children with the habit of going to church is a good thing. I know we live busy lives, and I know lots of, lots of families now, you're, lots of, of the schedule and the calendar of a family is built around the children's activities, Right? A lot of us, that's our world is around what are our kids doing where they need to be. But I, can, I just I can tell you, as busy as life gets, I think there's a stabilizing factor when a family says, on Sundays we go to church. I, we, kids need parameters. They need security. They need stability. They need consistency. And, and when we... When we say to our family, we go to church, we're not, just, we're not just teaching an activity, we're teaching values. 
What we're saying is we value the things of God. Now, can you go to heaven without going to church? Give me a big answer to that question. Can you make it to heaven and without having your name on a church membership? We all know that can happen. But I'm just saying to you, I think there's something beautiful when we, when we teach our children according to va- the values and the priorities that we live by, it's a great source of, of, um, of helping to establish those values in our children when we're consistent in that. So God provides stability through his church. I'm already on number six. It, I'm, I'm going fast, right? How many of you, when I said I got seven points, you got nervous? I'm already on number six. Just let me know how much you appreciate that. <laughs> y'all, didn't, y'all didn't appreciate that very much. I can keep going. I, I, I can come up with eight or 10 more. <laughs> Matthew chapter 18, verse 19 says, again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. God, through the church, has made provision for us to have, to experience synergy in our Christian lives. Synergy. When two people who are united, first of all, they're united because of they, they love the same Lord, so you have two people who, who both lovers of Jesus, that makes us brothers and sisters because, because we have the same covenant with the same God. But when two people who are united in that way, but then go beyond that, and they're, they're united as brothers, they're, they're connected, they love one another, they're involved in one another's lives, they're caring deeply for each other. Listen, when I really need prayer, I don't wanna call some 1-800 hotline. I wanna call my buddy who's been in the trenches with me. I wanna call those people who are gonna stand in faith with me. When I need it, come on. The Bible says there's synergy where two or three where two or three agree. Oh, may we be a tribe that agrees with one another. I want the people who love me praying for me. I want the people who love me standing with me. That's provided through the body of Christ. But again, if we stay on the outside, if there's nobody in this room who even knows me, how are we gonna agree with you? How are we gonna be there in your time when we don't even know who you are? Lastly, Matthew chapter 16 beginning in verse 18. And I say, I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. God has provided through his church power for kingdom purposes. There's power in the church. This isn't a social club. This isn't a cool place to be. This is something that God put together. It's his plan and he endowed his church with power. Power for kingdom purposes. People always often get this this passage wrong. And, they, and it gets some kind of sense where when hell attacks me, I'll, I'll be able to stand against it if I'm part of the church. No, that's a wrong, 
That's a wrong dis, uh, you know, a discerning of this, of this passage because that actually what it says is that as the church stands up in the power that it has been endowed with, people who are born again, brought to new life, covered by the blood of Jesus, indwelt with the Holy Spirit, come together as one body and begin to move onto this planet in his kingdom purposes, the gates that would somehow protect hell from us won't be able to stand against it. That's the way that thing reads. Hell, gates are not offensive weapons, they're defensive weapons. So what it says here, when the church rises up in its power, the gates of hell won't be able to, there's power in the church. And let me tell you, as this world gets darker and darker, as things, things begin to move toward more and more instability, the power in the church is gonna become more and more evident. His church is gonna rise up and, and it's gonna be more than, than we've ever could have dreamed of Listen, Jesus has been preparing his bride. Jesus is at work sanctifying his bride, empowering us, equipping us, connecting us with one another. He's gonna do something in these last days and he's gonna do it through his church. There's power in the church. And you and I have been invited to be a part of this powerful church. But if we're not careful, if we're not careful in 2023, in America, we will find ourselves doing exactly what Hebrews 10.25 told us not to do. Hebrews 10.25 says that we ought to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So there's encouragement there, there's instruction there that the church, we need to be connected to the body of Christ. It's God's, it's God's instruction, it's his command for us to be connected, I mean really connected, not just showing up to the same building together once a week, but really connected as his body. That's his instruction to us. But he didn't just instruct us, he incentivized us because there's actually blessings for us. There's, there's value that we receive when we do what he told us to do because God makes provision for us and he makes provision for his kingdom purposes through his church. May we all today engage in a new level. May we see more value in the church than just something to do on a boring Sunday morning. Anybody bored in their life right now? I don't think there's anybody bored, right? But there's more purpose to this than just giving us something to do. So here's how I want to end. I told you that I want to end this, this time together with an activity. I want to explain this activity to you because uh, I believe God's going to do something very unique here. So here's what I want to do in just a minute. I'm going to ask you to stand. But when I ask you to stand, church isn't going to be over. It's going to look like church is over, but it's not going to be. Everybody just say it's not going to be over. All right. So I need you just to chill for just a second. We got plenty of time. All right. When we stand, here's what I want to do. When we stand, I want to, our prayer team is going to come up and they're going to come stand in front of this altar. I just told you that there's power for synergy in the body of Christ. 
And there are those of you who you need somebody to agree with you in prayer. Maybe you've been disconnected. Maybe you, maybe you haven't had it. Listen, today's your day. Today is your day not to just get prayer, but to get prayer with the, from a tribe member, from somebody who's, this is your people. And so our prayer team's gonna make their way up here and they're gonna be ready to do altar ministry. If you don't know the Lord yet, if you've heard about this amazing church, but you're not part of it, not, not this amazing church, his amazing church, and you're not part of it, it's time to join the family of God today, right? And so if you, if you need to be born again, these people can help you. Maybe you're far away from God. Maybe, maybe you're like, well, I used to be connected, but I'm not anymore. Well, come get, we'll have a family reunion for you right here at the altar as you come on home today. Maybe there's something you're believing for, a need in your life. Again, I hope your faith is built this morning and the fact that I'm not just going to church to get somebody to sling out a prayer for me. No, I'm talking about grabbing hold with a brother and standing on the word of God in agreement that God is faithful to his word. And so we're gonna have altar ministry happening. Now, for those of you who aren't part of the prayer team or you aren't receiving ministry, what is your part? Okay, I'm gonna talk to you now, ready? Maybe... While you're out there, you see someone come to the altar and the Lord would highlight them to you and say, you know what? I can be a source of encouragement to that family. I can be a source of encouragement to that person. Maybe God will highlight somebody. Now don't come and get up in their business. If they want you to know what they were praying about, they'll tell you. Don't come get up in their business. But maybe as soon as they leave, you could be the one to grab them and just go, hey, I saw you got prayer for something. I would love to agree with you for the rest of the week in prayer on this. Could you, you know, give me some guidance on how you want me to be praying for, for you? And maybe you just become a prayer partner for that person. How many of you think that would bless the person walking away from this altar? Or maybe, maybe you don't see somebody at the altar, but there's somebody in this room. I'm gonna ask you to actually look around the room and would God highlight somebody to you here today? Or say, you know, I've seen them, but it doesn't seem like they're really connected, like this is their tribe. Maybe you could be the catalyst to bring them into the tribe this morning. Maybe there's someone, you're like, well, that family looks like, you know, we would have something in common with them maybe. And I don't know that family. Go connect with that family or that person or that, that person who always sits out there on the outside. Can we just be unselfish enough today to go outside of our comfort zone and be a friend to someone else, be a point of connection to someone else because we understand the value and the power of the body of Christ. And we want everyone in here. We want you connected. We want you on the inside. We want you to know that you belong, that we love you. We're going to be standing with you. We want to do life with you. So this is going to be our activity here in a minute. You ready? All you introverts, listen, it's going to be okay. Take everything off your lap. If you got a breath, man, go ahead and pop it in now because you're going to be talking to some people. Okay. And then I'm gonna ask you to stand here in just a minute. Our prayer team's gonna come up. If you need prayer, begin moving immediately as we stand up. But the rest of us, if you don't need prayer, I want you to just take a few minutes, okay? Church is not over, the service isn't over. We're gonna take a few minutes and we're just gonna start meeting some people. But it's not gonna be just, oh, praise God, brother, good to meet you. And I'm talking like, what's your phone number? Right? Do you have lunch plans? Those, those type of connections, okay? 
I don't know if I'm landing with you. Could you just wave at me if you're hearing what I'm saying? Would you, you're, you're with me on this? Okay. So here in just a second, I'm going to tell you, stand up. And when, when that happens, service is not dismissed. Ushers, grab the doors. We're going to tackle anybody who moves. No, we're not. You feel the spirit of what I'm saying? Please listen. Beyond my harsh instructions, can y'all let me know that you hear the heart of this pastor, what, I'm, what we're trying to accomplish? 